You're listening to The Bill Murphy Show, the daily music interview show featuring the best in the business. From behind the scenes, in the studio, and on the stage. Available by subscription for free on iTunes and at BillMurphyShow.com. Brought to you by Lulu's Bait Shack. Fresh Florida seafood and live music on A1A on world-famous Port Lauderdale Beach. And now, here's your host, Bill Murphy. And here is your digital broadcast for this Tuesday, August 16th, 2011. A couple of show notes before we get going and uh, bring on our immensely talented guest for today. Make sure you're taking advantage of the specials that we have there on the show of our great sponsors over at Lulu's Bay Check on Fort Lauderdale Beach. You can uh, go ahead and purchase uh, $50, a $50 night at Lulu's for $25, a $100 night there for $50. Basically a 50% off night at Lulu's down on the beach. Enjoy some great live music there. We've also got a great um, special for you. Those of you, of course, locally that want to play some golf at the beautiful brand new Seven Bridges at Spring Tree Golf Club in Sunrise, we've got a great rate for you there. All you do is click on the uh, Seven Bridges Golf Deal link on the page and we'll get you a coupon that'll get you on for a great rate. Take advantage of them while you can, while they are still there and while those golf rates are nice and low. A um, little story behind how we got today's guest. Um, I really appreciate oh, a couple of other things. Everybody's been really great about sharing the show. Our most recent episode with Web3 with that tragic story about Troy Longhurst was shared by more than 300 of you. And I really, really appreciate that when it happens. If you click on the links and then post them on your Facebook page like you did. We had an incredible amount of hits for that show. So I'm sure we've got some new listeners listening today. Of course, you can do that with any of the archived shows. There's over 160 of them there. So pick a favorite and link them uh, to your Facebook page and share and share alike. We really appreciate that you're doing that. Now, speaking of that, I had, as I always do, uh, some fans, and I want to thank Ernie for this particular one for sharing a YouTube link with me where I I proceeded to sit down and, and watch four or five minutes of this amazing performance from Keith Medley. It's an acoustic guitar performance, but to say that it's an acoustic guitar performance just doesn't do it justice. We're going to get into the whole thing. And Keith Medley joins me today from Tennessee. Pretty close to uh, the Nashville or Knoxville area there, Keith? Yeah, just right north of uh, Nashville, about Oh, about 25 or 30 minutes up well, towards Kentucky, yeah. Well, it's great to meet you, and I really appreciate you taking the time to share your music with me, and um, we're going to really get into it. I want to start right off the bat by telling you how touched I was by this performance I saw on YouTube. I know it's one of many that you have of this song, Ancestors, and we're going to play it here shortly. But before we do, let's get into this, because this is as much a visual treat as, as it is an audio treat for anybody that you know watches you master this instrument. This is a very unique instrument you're playing that has 27 strings on it. And if uh, we will have the link for people to watch on YouTube as soon as you're done with the interview here, you can go ahead and watch as well as listen to it. But describe that guitar. And I guess the first question I have for you is, do you have a special name for that guitar? Have you named it? <laughs> well... Well, quite frankly, I haven't. Uh, I've been asked that a lot. You know, what do you call it? And you know, of course, it's been labeled a, a, a you know a harp guitar simply because there's some there's some strings on there that don't have a fretboard underneath that. Right, you right. Know, and, uh, but as far as having an official name for it, uh, I've heard everything from um, Gehedra to uh, you know to uh, Titan to uh, every sort of. Uh, 
WWF name that you could give to somebody has been applied to this thing. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking more along the line of a pet name, like a, like, a, like a name that you've given it personally. Like, I know it's your baby, and I didn't know if you named it. I guess I'm just being a little silly there. But. Oh, no, no, no. No, I, actually, I call it, actually, I just kind of call it Little Brother. All right, there you go. Yeah, I just got to call it Little Brother, you know, for lack of a better term. You know, we, we, we've spent a lot of time together here since... Uh, um, I, you know, took it out from under the knife there. So we've been, we've been kind of hanging out a lot here. After I get all the kids in bed and, right. you know, mom settled in and all that, then I'll come down and uh, and then spend the evening. You know. Now uh, to say that it's a hobby of yours that you uh, put this thing together would be quite an understatement. I know it's much more than a hobby. Uh, you're quite the skilled craftsman, and I, I guess I should have explained right off the bat that not only are you playing it so masterfully, but you've you've built this thing, and I'm sure that this is a product of all of your craftsmanship over the years, kind of culminating with this fantastic instrument. Um, how did you come? How did it come to be that you thought of putting this thing together? Did you kind of picture? playing different parts at once and how that would lay out on a on a on a guitar board and get into the details on how the inspiration came well you know you're right it it uh, the music drives it I, i've been playing guitar all my life and and uh you know the odd thing i grew up in a i mean i grew up in a family my mom's side played music my dad was a craftsman he didn't play music he could whistle johnny cash but that was about it you uh-huh. know <laughs> and so he um you know, and his name was Medley, go figure. Uh, you know, so this is really not a stage name. It's actually from my dad, you know. So. Oh, you've already gone ahead and answered one of my questions because I, I found it very hard to believe that that was your real name. Yeah, I, I get that too. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of, uh, I, I have this conversation a lot. Yeah, you know, so what's your real name? No, that's, that's my real name. <laughs> it's like being a weatherman and having your name be Sunny Skies or something like that, right? <laughs> I see it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but it started, you know, uh, you know, and, and by playing all my life and all that. And and uh, w- one of the key things is when I was a kid, I'd brought my guitar to somebody to fix. When I was a teenager, and and uh, when I got it back, it was trashed. So wow, you know, I, I grew up with, <laughs> I grew up with, uh, you know, you know, dad being a craftsman. So I learned how to use hand tools at a very early age. And matter of fact, uh, you know, some power tools at a, a probably a, a much earlier age than I would ever dare let my son or encourage anybody else to do their son. But I had developed a knack for all of that stuff. And uh, so it kind of came together, uh, you know, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, actually, uh, you, know, you know, more so in my teenage years in the 70s and got turned on to Jimmy Page, the double neck guitar and, right. and all of that. So that, that kind of gave me the first imagery of it. Up until that point, I had never seen anything other than just your typical like Irish harp or orchestra harp or something like that. But but I thought, you know, that is too cool. And I, and I got to play one of the music store one time and I thought, you know, I can only play one at a time. Right. And um, But I still thought, well... You know, maybe I could figure something out. So the first drawing of this thing, like in 1977 or 78, I've actually got the, I've got the drawing, uh, the original drawing. I got it posted on my blog. Wow. But but uh, and, and it, what it turned out to be was a four neck beast with a with a harp on the upper bout. You know, with about 16 or so strings on it, just kind of, you know, like a cupid sort of thing. Okay. Uh huh. But the more I thought about it, by the time the 70s rolled or, or the 80s rolled around, it was I had drawn two or three different drafts of it and was hearing music, but really, I really wasn't resolving the design in music. So it wasn't until 19, probably 1981, 80 or 81, there's this guy named Michael Hedges that, that, that showed up to me. 
and uh, and I saw before I ever heard his music, I saw this picture, and he was playing this uh, what they would call a harp guitar, which is uh, it was built in the twenties by a company named Larson Brothers and uh, under the name Dyer, and so it, it had um, it had five or six bass strings on it on an acoustic with an extending box that went up on the bass side, and I thought, hey, that's it, you know, that's that's kind of the direction that I kind of wanted to go in. And I never saw another harp-type guitar until a few years later. Just a few years later, I had saw an old Gibson from 100 years ago. The problem I had with with it was that the, the one that I saw actually had a harp on top of the six-string, and it looked like two instruments, and that wasn't where I wanted to go. I but, see. But in that debate, I thought, you know, really all I want to do, I just want to take the guitar that I'm familiar with, and I want to expand it on either side. Uh, you know, I just want to take the little string, play on the little string and, and uh, on, on the regular fretboard and pull out the scale all the way up and assign it a string. But I wanted to leave enough room so it doesn't get in the way of my normal playing. I right. can still get to my 22 frets. The same thing with the nine bass strings on the top of it was the, I use my thumb a lot, so I had to lay this thing out to where uh, I could clear with my thumb, but still down here where I'm playing, there wouldn't be much of a transition in spacing between all the strings. I see. So it was more a conceptual thing. And then as it, as it went on, you know, I had, I had problems to solve. You know, how in the world is this thing going to hold together if I put, you know, six, seven, eight hundred pounds of, of uh, string force on it? Things going to explode? And, Absolutely. You know, so I had a lot of engineering to, I say a lot, I, I, just, had to, I just had to consider a lot on how I was going to brace this. And uh, so I really didn't come back around to it until I, draw, I drew up and kind of messed with it through the 80s and was really excited about it, but never really had the opportunity to build it. And then, you know, in the mid-90s, you get married, have kids, and you get all caught up with all of that. And, but it's still around. But about 2004, on a rainy day, I kind of pulled the drawing back up, and I started messing with it some more and, 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 and started to land on kind of like what you see now. And there was a there was a few other things I had to resolve. Um, one in particular was that a lot of people are fascinated with the suns. They are suns on the on the face, but those aren't inlaid. Those are actually uh, sitting on top. They're like a 3D sun, for lack of a better way. Okay. And, but they turn. And what I had to do to learn this thing, since I'm, 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 I'm pretty far-sighted, I can't see very well up close, so the little strings disappear even on a guitar, you know, when I'm playing that. So... What I had to resolve was to take, how am I going to reference these things? So I put those suns underneath so those I could turn them, and the, the, the points of the flames of the sun reference strings for me. Oh, wow. And, and so, um, so I used that to, uh, to, to learn how to play it. Uh, sort of, yeah. So it's more functional than, it, than just decorative. Then. Yes. I mean, there's, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, the whole thing about... Uh, des- design for me is is function. If it doesn't have a function, then you have a wall hanger. Yeah. And and uh, or in this case, a birdhouse condominium. You know. <laughs> you, you know. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to get some function out of one way or the other. <laughs> oh, it's you like know? a it's like a, a birdhouse deluxe hotel with all, all kinds of different entrances in there. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It has all kind of it, from an owl to a to a sparrow. You sure, know? So, sure. Uh, uh, but that's that's. Um, Anyway, that was the uh, it, you know that was a that's the rough of the of the 
concept and development of the, of the instrument there. It's just, uh, you know, we joke around a little bit, but it's just an amazing piece of crash, craftsmanship and um, just pure art. Now, it amazes me that you can be, it seems, equally as skilled as playing the thing as putting it together. Usually the two people aren't one and the same. Usually the... The great players of the world have people custom building things for them, and the the craftsmen are building things for the players. Um, it, it's, you have just got art running through your blood, I suppose, from all different directions. It's it's got to be an amazing thing to, you know, cover that many different facets of art. Well, quite honest, uh, quite honest with you, I, I'm I'm just kind of scratching itches. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm just kind of following. Uh, and you're right. I, I was surprised the the more I had gotten into building over the past, uh, you know, thirty years was to find that a lot of the guys that play, or a lot of the guys that build don't play. Right. And 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 players don't build, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the guys that play don't want to get their hands anywhere near a chisel or a saw or anything like that. Well, that's so, the obvious reason, right, that yeah, I was going to get yeah. to. You must have had to have been extra, extra careful, careful working with those power tools. Well, uh, Dad, Dad, put, Dad told it to me this way when I was... He, he caught me the first time running the table saw when I was probably 12 years old. I had always stood on the other side of the table saw. We were building our house, and, uh, and we were building cabinets and all that. And what he would do, he would run the wood through the table saw, and I would catch. But the whole time, he would be saying, now, son, now, listen, when you get that piece of board up there, you push it up against the fence, you take your push stick, and you run it through. So he was always talking to me. And, of course, I'm, I'm standing there catching going, yeah, Dad, okay. Right, you know? right. And, but then one day while he was in the house, I was sitting outside there, and I'm going, I'm going to cut something. You know, and I wasn't even tall enough to even get up to the uh -oh. to the table enough to push anything through. Well, I got busted. Here he comes. I've already got the saw on. I already got an adrenaline rush from pushing my per first piece through. And he <laughs> he reaches down and he cuts off the saw and he looks at me and he's got the scowl. He was a gruff man anyway, and he had the scowl. And he says, "Boy, I'm just going to tell you one thing." There ain't no large demand for one-handed guitar players. Oh wow! And then he turns, he stoops down, and he turns the saw back on, and he walks off. <laughs> That's very well put by him, and uh, yeah, obviously you've taken great caution since then. So. Well, it's been he that gave me permission, and it gave me, you know, it gave me permission from him. If he could have chewed me out, and it would have been over probably right there. Right, right. You know, but uh, you know, he. He, uh, he he encouraged. And of course, I turned the saw off. I was too shook up to do anything after that, you know. But anyway, he, uh, you know, but, but that that really that really uh, that really hit home. And probably by being all freaked out by getting busted, it probably settled in a little bit. Yep. Now I've had I've had some close calls, mind you. Uh, you know, I have, but uh, uh, you know, but I but I'm really keenly aware of my surroundings. Well played by Dad, I would add. There, that's that was that's great stuff. So let's go ahead and let the folks listen to what we're de what we're describing. And this is the actual piece of music that was sent to me via a YouTube video. And we encourage everyone to go and look at the visual of this afterwards. But I've uh, kind of dubbed off a nice, high quality version of this. Let's all sit back and listen to this. I hope you don't mind sitting through this for, for probably the millionth time. This is uh, Ancestors, Keith Medley, in this beautiful guitar that we've been describing, and we'll get more into it after we hear it on the other end.
That's Ancestors from Keith Medley on The Bill Murphy Show. So we talked to Keith about his beautiful instrument and great music there. You know, it's it's music like that that really makes me hope that a lot of you that are listening <laughs> and subscribing <laughs> on iTunes, you know, take the trouble to hook up your, your computer to big speakers. I know not, every, not everyone has it hooked up in a studio like I do with great monitors, but... Um, if you have a chance to strap on headphones, at least, to listen to that, it is really worth it. It is such a beautiful piece of music, and I have a whole checklist of things after listening to it to ask you about, Keith. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, the sustain just amazes me on the two sections. And again, for those of you who can't see it, he's basically playing a standard six-string neck in the middle surrounded by a nine-string bass section above it with no frets and I guess a harp section, for lack of a better description, at the bottom. At which, okay, well, let me do the math real quick. Nine, six, fifteen. So we've got 12 strings at the bottom. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay, so... What you'll do is you'll you'll sprinkle in those notes and those chords just from where you're placing your fingers, but the fact that they really sustain over the notes that you're playing on the guitar just amazes me that they they don't go away, and it just speaks so much about your craftsman craftsmanship. There is, um, do, are you getting the sustain that you wanted out of them when you built it and had it in your mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 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 quite honestly, this whole thing has been a mystery from the beginning. I, I, you know, it's. It's been a, it's been, I've never known what to expect. And to be quite honest with you, I, I built that guitar out of scrap wood. I mean, I built it out wow. of, that, I built it out, <laughs> I built it out of some, I mean, it's nice wood, mind you, but I built the, the wood that I had for it, I, I didn't want to use. I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and do a proof of concept on this because, daggummit, if I string this thing up and it explodes right. like a hot, hot water heater going off on me, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my good wood. And uh, so I thought, well, you know, I'll just uh, I'll go ahead and do the best I can with this. But it just turned out, I mean, it turned out really nice. And it, it, everything worked out um, uh, geometrically. Everything worked out structurally. Right. So, so I guess that, so, that answers the mystery of whether, you know, when you're putting something together, oh, well, if I use this type of wood in the, on the edge of the body, then I'll get the right kind of sustain out of those strings on the bottom. So there really was, it was a lot of guesswork involved is what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of intentional stuff that you can do, but you finally get down to the point where you got to put myth aside and, and assumption aside. You just got to do it. You just got to build it and, uh, and you hope for the best. And, uh, like I said, I wasn't sure that it was going to turn out. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to play it. I wasn't, I had a pretty good idea on both, but right, I, you know, right. I wasn't sure of that. And, and, uh, um, I had thought about it. I had built the thing. I had played that thing in my head many times before I ever got my hands on it. And, uh, and I, but I think that's the reason why it, 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 it was expedited uh, once I got started on it because I told my wife, I said, you know, I guess I'm going to start building this thing. She goes, well, how long is it going to take you? And I says, I don't know, probably a year, which means two years. Right, right. You know, and, uh, and it took two months. I started it four years ago in June, and by August uh, it, it was finished. It went together well right you know, and so. and also uh, just a dream come true for you uh, that had spread over many many years and and decades for that matter so it was 
So it had to be quite rewarding. Now, a couple other other things in the mechanics of it uh, of putting it together that I've kind of jotted down here. I'm wondering about the strings. I'm I'm imagining or I'm just assuming that the strings in the main part where the neck is are typical acoustic guitar strings. But you, did you have to did you have to build around what strings were available to you? In other words, the bass section and all that, or did you kind of have have to seek out custom sized strings for that thing? Well, it's a combination of uh, what's available acoustic-wise. Peter Diodario from uh, Diodario Strings, um, uh, he helped me out with that, and, wow. and provided me with some. He provided me with some advice and some, uh, you know, and some uh, some string information. And and uh, but what I what I ended up deciding on was putting like a uh, extremely heavy gauge on the uh, on the six string, but on the guitar itself because. What I'm trying to do, what I was really trying to do was blend tonally the the treble strings and the six string and the bass. Right. Uh, of course, the the harp strings kind of the, the treble strings kind of stand out a little bit, but because I got those really tight, and the reason why you get a lot of sustain out of that, but I got them so tight that they don't they don't rumble sympathetic when I'm off of them. Right. Whereas the bass, another design function that I put in was, if you look at the guitar. The bridge, it tapers off and then ellipses away from the center of the guitar. And what that does, that matches the angle of my forearm. And I use my forearm to mute, so they're not like rumbling all the time. Wow! You know, so <laughs> so much more going on than than meets the eye there. You well, know? yeah. I mean, like I say, I've had plenty of thought. I haven't been in any, any hurry, and and I know my own playing style. And uh, you know, and I know what I, you know, I, I want. I'm a lazy. <laughs> I don't want to have to learn. Too much, too you know, uh, too much of a learning curve. So I, I kind of hedged my bets, and and um, you know, I figured out the radius between my elbow joint and as far as <laughs> as for my fingers. That's actually where I started. Like you know, the automaker start with your butt in a car seat and build its way out. True. You know, I started from my my elbow and my picking hand. I figured out the radius of my forearm and and uh, into where my hands are. So I took that across the sixth string and extended that arc across both sets of strings on either side right. and, and started there, you know, and then just worked my way out. And wow. uh, so there was, yeah, there was a lot, uh, believe me, believe me, uh, 30 years will, you'll think about, a, you'll, you'll think, of course you'll think you will. <laughs> and, and again, and to make, not to make too much of a joke out of it, but those bass uh, strings come up so high on the guitar, you gotta, you gotta watch the length of your hair every once in a while to make sure it doesn't get in there on the strings too, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be, I gotta be careful. All that, you know. You know, last thing we want Moses caught up in the middle. All that, mess. right? Right. <laughs> One other thing too about the recording. Now it's such a beautiful sound, and I'm. I'm, I know that, you know, the guitar, 90% of what we're hearing there is just the beautiful sound of the guitar and the, the room you were in and the size of that uh, soundboard of that guitar because it really makes the sound of the main acoustic part just sound even more rich than a typical. But what else is going on there? Let's be honest. How much processing is going on in that recording? Um, in the video, there's just a simple, I guess, Neumann mic in front of you or something like that. And, and is there any other strange processing going on there to enhance the sound or is that eh, pretty natural well actually on the uh on the ancestors video uh you know john shot that in a in a in a, in a friend of ours uh business with all the lights out and all that and, and that you know we re- recorded that in the studio the video was pretty much an afterthought but i've got this stuff composed because i play with the track so i play it the same way every single time i play it um now uh, Chuck Butler is the guy who engineered and helped me to produce that. So uh, 
All we did, we, uh, I've got three preamps in there, one for each section of the guitar, oh. and then we, then we put a mic in front of it. And, I uh, see. So that way we can, we, uh, you know, that way for a studio that we can balance. And when I play it live, I've got those three channels coming out, and so I can balance it on the, I can balance it on the mixer. I had no idea there was even any electronics in that thing, too, so it's even more complicated than I thought. Oh yeah, no. I've got three separate preamps in there uh, to uh, uh, to help because they, you know, because of all the bracing and the many strings across it and all that, uh, the harp strings are really loud. I mean, they're 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 louder than the than the rest of it. So I had to be careful with my touch. My touch has to change whenever I, I whenever I come over on it to right. keep the dynamic even. But the uh, um, but all we really did on the on the recording it was it was done on a Mac. You know, right? You know, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a big console or anything like that. It was done on Logic and uh, some and a little bit of Pro Tools, but uh, but no, the uh, uh, you know, you know, I told Chuck, I says, really, what I want to do, I don't want to overdub into the guitar uh, because I want to be able to play this live and pull it off. Right. And uh, so good you for know, you, by the way. Good oh, for you I, for doing that. Yeah. What's the point? I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to trick anybody, so, right? Yeah, no, no, shoot, no, no. You know, so you know, so the whole thing is to play it live and um, um, and to be able to play it without the drum tracks too. You know, where if I need to just sit there and play that song without it, I can do it. And um, uh, but but Chuck, you know, we went through and we you know when we start putting the tracks on, we had actually recorded this thing without tracks. Uh, just about the whole CD it took us a year to do it. And then we were recording this. We were recording Jubilee off the CD, and uh, um, and he goes, I, "Well, I, I told him, I says, you know, the click track is driving me crazy. Can we find something that's more, you know, uh, tempo-wise with the groove of the of the song and the feel of the song?" So we found this very uh, African rhythm sort of thing that fit perfect. And after we got through doing it, we kind of looked at each other and go, "Okay, these things need tracks." Yeah, you know, and uh, and you know because. Honestly, 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 this is not about the guitar, and it's really not about me. This is about getting some music out that I've been carrying around for I don't know how long. Mm. And, uh, and I just want the, you know, it's the music. So, you know, there's a lot of people going, well, you know, he's really messing this up with the tracks. And, you know, and maybe so. But uh, one thing I, that I've come to realize is that it hasn't, by doing it with the tracks, it certainly hasn't isolated uh, the audience to just, uh, guitar players. Sure, sure. You know, and so it's really broadened the audience here. Well, right yeah, now. there's a, so much emotion there that it's not really, I know what you mean, it's not all about guitar, it's about the emotion that that whole piece is, is emitting, and you know, as an engineer, I would want you to pass along my uh, compliments to Chuck, because you guys created such an aura and a sound there on that recording in particular that, I'm telling you, you could keep playing that those same patterns over and over again, and I could listen to that, that track if it was 25 minutes long and never get sick of it, so. So. Well, I appreciate that. I there was a there was a uh, uh, there was an Indian uh, up in uh, uh, I, I guess uh, south southwestern Canada that uh, he emailed me and he told me that he plays this song and he dances with his ancestors. He's, he's, he's an older fella. Wow! And uh, he dances with his and he was just you know he was just real appreciative of the music and it was. Uh, See that to me means more to me than you know, and not to say that I that I diss it or anything, but it means more to me, like I say, that even than the guitar itself. Sure. The music, 
you know, the music is the point. Well, and, and uh, uh, you know, on I will say this that you've got the perfect combination and just the right mix of that little rhythm track in there. That, that I think it's perfect the way it is. So I think you guys did the right thing. Now. We're obviously going over this a lot of 30 minutes that we had set out to do, so I hope you don't mind if I keep you for a few no. more. Um, no. And before we go, to, we're going to get into another one of your tracks here later in the show, but I also want to take a, a few minutes for you to talk about the, that area of the country that you live in. Um, Tennessee just seems to be, to me, it just, I mean, California's got L.A., New York has got New York, Texas, Texas has Austin, but Tennessee has just so many different pockets of music and i i know every time i dial the 615 area code i'm gonna get somebody with a lot of talent on the other <laughs> end so talk a little bit about your area i know you're a native kentuckian but you you eventually ended up in tennessee do, do does tennessee just feel as musically magic as it seems to us from the you know us folks that live elsewhere you know absolutely i mean there is a rich I mean, there's a rich history here. I mean, come on. I mean, we all know, you know, the Grand Ole Opry. You've got players here that are that are phenomenal. The cre- the, the creative air here is uh, uh, it's it can be frightening. Yeah. I mean, I mean it really can. And um, yeah, I, you know, and I moved down two months out of high school. I hitchhiked. I mean, I started from from zero and. Uh, and because of the draw and just the whole thought of opportunity. Of course, right. I didn't. I didn't realize what I was. I mean, nobody can. You have your hopes, you have your dreams, but in your presumptions, but you really don't know how things are going to turn out and where you're going to go. But uh, but just being down here, especially in the '70s when I moved down here in '76, uh, that was. Uh, uh, it, it, it was a, it was awesome. I got to meet a lot of interesting, very, very cool, very talented, just good and, and just good people. Very nice people, friendly, approachable. Uh, there was no distance because of uh, status or musical genre or anything like that. There was a, there was welcomeness, and that's pretty much the, the, how the spirit has been down here ever since. And it's a lot of mutual respect among the musicians in the area too. I think it's very unique compared to other musical areas of the world. You got that right. You, uh, it is very, uh, and, and and people here also understand that. And I, I'm talking about uh, uh, people not really in the music industry. I remember when I lived in Hendersonville, which is just a few miles from here. You know, I'm going through. This has been about twenty something years ago. I was going through Kroger, you know, the local supermarket, and I look up, and there's, you know, there's Johnny Cash with the. With a you know a dozen eggs and a gallon of milk and two loaves of bread, right? You know, and he's walking up and he's in line, you know, and, and uh, you know, and everybody understands that this is their home. Yeah, and and, and nobody's like flocking over them, and I mean, you'd see seals and crofts, you know, and you know, uh, you know, at the <laughs> gas station pumping gas. I mean, you know, so it's uh, you know, it's it, it's a very it's, it's it was just a very cool thing, and 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 it's no and it's that reason why I think a lot of them have moved here. And have chosen to be home here is because there is an understanding of that, and they can let their hair down. They can be themselves, and uh, and they can you know they can be the the people that they are. You know, and I tell you this, having never been to Tennessee, and it almost feels like a crime that I've never visited. At least, shame on you. 
It is. It is. It's a crying shame as ingrained in the music as I am. But, you know, I get all this feeling just from listening to the music, which is just, it, again, I say, I use the word magical and it just, it just really is everything that comes out of there and the people that uh, are bred there and, and the, how music is just part of the whole culture there is, is fascinating and something you all are obviously very proud of. So definitely very proud of. And, uh, and I'm so, and I'm so glad after being here this long, that it has maintained that. I mean, yes. it's taken changes, you know, with digital music and with, uh, you know, the music industry getting hit just like everybody else during right. these times. But uh, there's still, there, the, the, you know, the heart, the heart of this place has not changed at all. Uh-huh. It, it has not changed. Well, I'm coming very soon. I have to, I have to make it, a, make a point to get up there and visit because I mean, just the, the, the museums alone, you know, just to make those stops. Um, yeah, you got to, you got to. Uh, let's get into another piece of your music now. You did uh, you dug up some tradition here with this Norwegian uh, piece from I guess it's a uh, so it, we've heard it in many many different forms. It's from that Per Gint uh, Norwegian play I suppose called Hall of the Mountain King. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but uh, yeah, yeah. And um, you, you took this traditional piece and made it your own. Talk a little bit about this before we play it. Hall of the Mountain King. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, John Grimson is actually the guy that filmed both the Ancestors video and this video of Hall of the Mountain King. Okay. And uh, we had started this, this uh, crowd fundraiser program to, uh, uh, to raise money to, uh, so I could document the building, the designing and the building of the, of the next guitar, the next instrument. Well, we fell short of that, but that's okay. During the middle of all that, he goes, you know, we need to do something that's public domain, something that's relevant, that, that people would click on and, and uh, uh, people would be interested in. And uh, I says, well, what do you got in mind? He goes, uh, he goes, you need to do Hall of the Mountain King. I says, really? And I says, now, why do you want to do that for? He goes, well, because it was just in the movie Social Media. Oh, wow. Social, yeah. It was in social media, so we can, we, we can tag it. And I says, man, I don't want to sit down and learn this thing. <laughs> I says, I, I go, that song drives me crazy. It's about a troll, you know, and Peter Gint getting caught by the king's daughter and drug up, and they're threatening to eat him for Pete's sake. Wow. You know, you know I said, so what do, what do you, you know, I, 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 says, I, I, don't, I says, I understand where you're coming from, but it took me about a month to warm up to, to the idea. And I said, okay. <laughs> so I, I, told, I told the wife about it. She goes, well, what's it sound like? So I, I, played, her, I played her the song on, on, the, on the Internet, and she just looked at me and goes, you got to be kidding me. Now, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure all you had to do was play the first few notes because everybody recognizes it instantly. Well, yeah, but look, after I'm sitting down here and I'm playing it, it when I learn something, what I'll do is that I'll, I'll listen to it and have it in my head before I ever pick up the guitar. Right. And, uh, and so I'm having to listen to this thing, you know, going to work, coming back. And, and, and my wife, you know, she's going crazy. She goes, when are you going to learn this thing? You're driving me crazy with this thing. She says, it sticks in my head and, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, it makes you want to like, it makes you want to just like rip off your shirt and run through the streets screaming, you know. It's <laughs> <That's> very funny. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm playing this thing over and over again in my head, and, you know, and, and, uh, and I finally get it and I go, okay, I'm, I, this is one guitar. Yeah, it's got a few extra strings and all that, but I'm not going to be able to pull off an orchestra. But I went straight to the, to the original score. Not Trent Reznor's. He's the one that did it on the. Oh wow! Uh, on uh, on uh, the, no, social, social network, media. right? Yeah. Yeah, social. Yeah, social network. And anyway, so I sat down here and I started working it out piece by piece and try to make it interesting 
and at the same time try to stay true to the peace. And the thing is, it would go from, I think, it would go from 110 beats a minute to like 280 before it was over with. Well, wow. there's no, there's no way I'm going to do that. Right, right. You know, but I am going to speed it up in key places and keep the flavor of the song. And um, and so I just kept working with it until we got to that, till we got to that point. Wow. And, and so uh, so we went in, and I had had it uh, enough to where, um, you know, uh, you can see on the video is. Uh, uh, on the videos where, you know, we had just, you know, he just set up the camera and, and I just, I just took off and, and played it. And another thing it does is it kind of uh, showcases a slightly different way the guitar can be playing. In other words, there's melody going on in those bass strings as opposed to just, you know, sustained notes. And so it's a, a little bit of a different style going on in the playing of this one. So let's take a listen to it. It's Hall of the Mountain King. It's Keith Medley on the show today. And it's fascinating to learn that the agenda for putting this together was to capitalize on social networking tricks. <laughs> Great stuff here. Check it out. We'll uh, talk more about it on the other side of this. Keith Medley.
How about that? Keith Medley and Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, you maintain just enough of the traditional arrangement of that, and then, like you said, sped it up in, in bits and pieces, but and, and still stuck to... I, I think what I read about that is that the original piece was just under three minutes, just like yours is. So Yes. You kept about the same time on it. So Yeah, I think mine's just a little bit longer because they got in a hurry toward the end of it there and got on out of it. <laughs> now, as I hear that last part there where you come across all of the strings on the in all three sections of the guitar, it makes me wonder whether you had to use different tuning for different pieces, or do you have that thing tuned the same way for all your songs? No, you're right. I have to change. Uh, I'll change. I'll change tuning. Uh, I had to find uh, the right balance of notes uh, there. As a matter of fact, there were places in there where I had to incorporate, you know, the treble string and fretting up on the neck on the little string to make up for the notes wow. that uh, that the harp doesn't have. Wow! And so I fill in the notes that way on 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 uh, some of the melody because it doesn't all drop into that key. Wow! Which really proves that you did match them up tonally the two sections because when you're doing that you're actually disguising one of your guitar strings as a harp string. So exactly, but right. you know the, the the tonality of the of a small of that small string the further up your neck it goes, the the more harp like it becomes even on a normal guitar. Sure, sure, sure. And so that allowed me to to uh, to get by with that. Now, how difficult is it to keep this guitar in tune? I mean, are you that great of a craftsman that you built this thing that it stays in tune no matter what? It stays in tune. I That's mean, awesome. I, I, honestly, I mean, I, uh, uh, the first job I did with it, I did a wedding out in Colorado Springs, and uh, uh, it was thirty-eight degrees, and it was it was it was nasty. It had been raining that day, and it was outside under an awning. Uh oh. So uh, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be interesting. Oh, what the heck? You know, fortunately, I am a repairman. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that's true. Right. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to go for it here. So I, I went ahead and tuned it, and I set it out, uh, uh, let it acclimate to the temperature for like, uh, you know, up against the wall for, for like an hour. And then I, uh, I fine-tuned it, and that sucker didn't move the whole time. Wow. And uh, for, for all throughout, the, throughout the, the wedding, I tuned it at the end of it, and uh, it was it was minimal uh, movement uh, on the bass strings. Actually, that was really the only place it showed up. Wow! But it holds tune. No, it holds tune uh, fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> all, I, all, all I have to do though, it's like uh, b- both of those. Well, that's the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, the 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 six string is tuned dadgad. Uh, on Ancestors, it's dadgack. Ah, okay. D a g d a c. C. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are different tunings that I use. There's a, a tune I just recorded. It's on YouTube. It's called Emperor's Tear, which is in standard tuning. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, and then uh, I, you know, I, I got this real oriental harmonic thing kind of going on for it. But I use standard tuning to pull that off. Wow, it's fascinating stuff. Keith Medley, I really appreciate you taking the time to share all this with us. Um, now, folks, now that you've heard the tunes and you've heard his words, I encourage you to go to that YouTube channel and, uh, and, and see this guitar in action. You'll hear the same tracks we did and then some uh, and get to get the visual on it. Is, is it indeed a one-of-a-kind or are you going to construct another one, a replica, or are there manufacturers trying to get you to mass-produce them at this point? 
Well, I get folks, you know, they're wanting one, and and uh, but I, I built this for me, right? And and I built it to to play. And uh, I mean, there are there are harp guitars out there. They have been for a hundred so years. I mean, they've been around a, a long time. I de- but I designed this one for me to play. There's there's not a one of them out there that I, that I that I could play like I like I could get around on it like I get around on this one. Sure. You know, but I but that was a reason for that. I I wanted to, I wanted specific notes. I'm a guitar player, so it goes all the way up to notes like a, what a, a regular 22 fret guitar would be. Okay. And give me a range back. So it really wasn't about the amount of strings. If it was less to do it, I would have done it less. If it was more, I would have done it more. Right. But 27, you know, is where it's kind of where it landed. And uh, and uh, uh, but you know, uh, you know, the CD you can you can hear you know like the different tunes, and you can hear the different ambiance. There's a there's one tune on there that's very Middle Eastern. So. Uh, I, I copped this very Middle Eastern tune that I put out on the harp, uh, and um, and so it changes the whole color of the thing. Wow! And um, so uh, you know, if you hit the YouTube, there's a uh, there's a website link there. You can go out. They can go out on the website and. Uh, um, you Your know, website like, is keithmedleymusic.com, correct? Mm-hmm, that's right. And then people can buy the the CD there. They can buy the CD there or downloads at iTunes, uh, Napster, Amazon, all that. So, all the usual suspects. Beautiful. All the usual suspects, yeah. Well, that's great. We encourage everybody to do that. And again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, folks, if you really dug Keith's uh, stuff and you want to turn other people onto it, Please share this uh, show page with other folks. Post it on your Facebook page. Do what it is. And we really appreciate you sharing the love of the show and our guests. And I know Keith is no exception to that. And uh, Keith, uh, take a moment here. Just hang on. We'll say goodbye. But I'll wrap the show up now. Again, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us from uh, White House, Tennessee, right? That's where you are? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Bill. No, thank you. It's a a bigger treat for me, sir. That's Keith Medley. And again, folks, we really appreciate the uh, the sharing and the love that you've been doing. Spread that thing around and let's let uh, the world hear about Keith and more of his music as it gets uh, created. More new music on the way. A great new band coming up. Uh, let me see who it is that we have later in the week. Drugstore Fanatics from L.A. coming up later in the week and much more. So check in regularly at BillMurphyShow.com. Catch you next time. Subscribe to the Bill Murphy Show podcast for free at iTunes. You can post comments about today's show, listen to archived episodes, and like the show on Facebook by visiting BillMurphyShow.com. A presentation of Bill Murphy Productions.